Game Boy Advance. Come, come, America Courage Master Dragon Ball Z, the legacy of Goku 2. We're here today because, yes, this is that Dragon Ball episode, so I figured, <laughs> why not? Yeah, I'm trying to think of like a clever title, because usually it's like, Great Clash! Dan Gaio versus Dan Cougar, and I just revealed a future episode title. Oh, crap. <laughs> let, me, let me do it for you. The title for this episode would be... Transformed at Last, R5 Central Talks Dragon Ball. Yes! You're here with Selen and Mike. Uh, or, um, what used to be Mike. Oh, oh, um, hey, guys, I'm sorry, I'm a little distraught. Welcome to another episode of R5 Central, and, uh, Selen, do we really have to do this? I yes, mean, Mike, we do. I'm all excited to do this Dragon Ball episode, and then I thought, oh, no, let's wait until After Evolution comes out. God, no, no, <laughs> a, a horrible, horrible mistake. Yeah, um, now time to get over it and do the show. <laughs> well, all right, final. I'll be professional. I'll be professional for once. Is that, will that make you happy? I mean, even. Um, if you're able to pull it off, yes. <sighs> all right, fine. Okay. Hey, folks. Yeah, this episode of R5. This is that Dragon Ball episode. What we've got for you today, we're teaming up with Mike and Mary from Daisenshu EX, and we're going to be having a nice little chat about Dragon Ball, and to make up for evolution, we're going to give you five Dragon Ball movies that don't suck. Along the way, there may be some other surprises, but yeah, um, tell you what, I'm not feeling this, so I'm just going to sit down for a while. Here's the discussion. Enjoy. Hello, my name is Mike. I go by Vegito EX Online, and I've been running a website called Daisenshu EX for, oh my god, all over... Uh, 11 years now. That's like something like you wouldn't think of going on for so long. I mean, I remember telling a friend of mine about your podcast and all of a sudden he's like, wait a minute, there's a Dragon Ball podcast. Is that even, <laughs> is that even possible? Exactly. Oh <laughs> I'm not alone in this endeavor. I've actually, uh, fancy this got a wife here. 
and also managed to get me through the fandom, which is pretty crazy, too. My name is Mary, and I've also been running a Dragon Ball website for the last 11 years. It's called Temple of Trunks. It's a character-based website all about trunks. And, uh, yeah. Although you don't really do that anymore. You no. just kind of come on Daizenshui X and talk everything. Yeah. <laughs> you guys kidnapped me. I haven't updated my site in about a year. And it's, it's there down. In spirit. There you go. Exactly. It's, it's updated. You just have to be really cool to see it. There you go. That's, that's, <laughs> that's your excuse. It's totally password protected. And like five people read it it's exactly. every day. It's crazy. <laughs> I guess the first question really. What keeps you coming back to Dragon Ball? It's a great question because we've been into it for so long. Mary, I'm trying to think, is it 15 years? How long? I mean, um, we've been doing the sites for 11 years, but obviously right. there was fandom well before then. I think I got on t- um, into the show in 1995, so I guess it's been about 13, 14 years. And well, I've been watching anime also since... I don't know, the last 15 years or so, and I've seen a lot of stuff, and yet I keep coming back to Dragon Ball. And maybe I can't eloquently put it why I'm I'm so in love with it after all these years, but I think it's just a love for the characters. Not even so much the action and the fighting, I just love the characters and their interaction. James Marsters had said in his interview, like his whole defense of playing Piccolo is that Dragon Ball in itself is sort of like this kind of giant, bigger-than-life, sort of Shakespearean-type epic. I mean, would, would you agree with that almost? It is. I mean, it's so long. Going just by the TV series alone, we're talking 508 episodes. That's an adaptation of a 42-volume manga. All these movies, all these specials, all these other spin-off things. There's just so much to it that I feel, no matter who you are, there's a character you can identify with. There's something you can laugh at. There's something you can cry at. There's just so much in there to get involved with. And that's before you get to all the meta material. And that's, I think, uh, what keeps me coming back after all this time is I've seen it. I've read it. I, I, I know everything there is to know about what happens in the series. But now we have all these new guidebooks coming out. We're learning what was going on in Toriyama's mind as he did some of the stuff. Reprints of the last ones are just like completely expanded. No, there's all new stuff. I mean, there's the original 10 Daisenshu and then there were the the uh, two GT Perfect File books. Okay. And then as the Kanzenban, which was the re-release of the manga, was coming out, we get these four other guidebooks. And then just this month and last month, we had these two new super exciting guides come out, oh, which were God. a little bit of new material, <laughs> plus uh, a lot of old material as well, but some new interviews. I mean, there's always something new coming out, and I'm always learning something new. And you wouldn't think that being into the series for so long, but there's just always new stuff. Well, for me, the thing that came out recently that really rekindled my my love for it was the Jump Anime special. Definitely, uh, yes. just <laughs> with, with every passing second of this thing, I'm like, oh my god, this is so cute, this is so fun, this is why I love this. And of course, you know, being being a recently animated production, it just looked fantastic compared to you know the stuff from 20 years ago. So, oh yeah, exactly, it was I, fantastic. Isn't that kind of a tease though? Just like with Toei going, hey, we could do this, we could so continue it. Oh, I know, I know, <laughs> and for me the biggest tease was actually the Neko Majin series and as he continued and throwing in uh, cameos we had Vegeta then we had Majin Buu and then the fifth one we had Goku himself everyone I mean like come on you have so many wonderful gag stories in you still and that's really what I want now I want these one-off fun gag stories because I know that's what he's capable of doing because he just doesn't have it in him anymore to do another 10 years of a serious story (laughs) he says and he seems like he doesn't want to continue doing it and I don't know if it's just him and his piles of money getting larger and larger every time a new Dragon Ball thing comes out but he still has these little one-shot stories that he can do and they just rekindle maybe within his 
him, but definitely in us as fans, just it brings that smile back to my face. Because you just sort of feel like a little kid again, almost watching that. I mean, I absolutely. Remember, I, I remember like I'm trying to remember like what when I got me into it. I think it was two was the whole. Dr. Wheelow's brain and... That's correct. Yeah, yeah yes. okay. Yeah, because for a second I thought my order mixed up. As I remember catching the tail end of that at the local anime store uh, that was in town, God rest its soul, that, uh, and it was just like, it was like widescreen, one of those things they would play at like three o'clock in the morning and so right. like all these karaoke ads after it. But yeah, like I remember getting that, seeing Dead Zone, both of them like unsubbed, but still all the same. I mean, I was just like watching it every opportunity that I could. That's why I sort of have more of an attachment to the movies as opposed to the series. No, I've, I've heard a lot of that from fans of the VHS days because in the tape training days, that was the easiest stuff you could get yeah. because there were the laser discs that people were able to do yeah. proper fan subs from other than just you Yeah, know, now TV that you mention it, I'm, I'm starting to remember my old fan sub days and I distinctly remember now completely filling up my movie collection before I even put a dent into <laughs> collecting like the the fan subs for the uh, TV series so it was kind of like I'm watching all these movies I'm learning about all these characters but really I don't have any backstory these extraneous irrelevant and yet characters. I was still loving it it's like I don't Definitely. know who these people are I have no idea what they're doing but it's awesome actually the first fan subs I got were from a friend they were towards the end of the Frieza saga where Goku goes Super Saiyan for the first time but on my own the first time that I ordered through a fan sub distro, you know, the self-addressed stamped envelope kind of stuff, were DBZ's movies uh, 11 and 12, and then the 2Z TV specials. And so it was those movies and the features there, that's, Mary, just like you were saying, that's what you filled up first. It was the most readily available. They were the highest quality ones, like I was saying. Yeah, it kind of made, made everything else pale in comparison, <laughs> you know, as far as the production values are concerned. One of my most vivid memories was hearing about movie 13, when yeah. that first came out, I was just like, this is the last Z movie, guys. And then I like, I just remember going, so, so what is this? Oh, everyone dies. What? <laughs> like, like, that's what the guy who was running the store told us. And it's just like, literally everything stopped. And did you ever have any memories like that? All of a sudden you hear about like, oh, this happens in this movie and you have to get it. In one of my earlier fan misconception moments, uh, someone in an AOL chat room told me that in one of the later movies, Broly collects the Dragon Balls and wishes Raditz and Nappa back to life to fight Goku. That would be an awesome fanfic. <laughs> it would be. I was like, oh my god, that's, you know, you're like 15 years old, you think that's the coolest thing ever. I love fandom. I love it so much. <laughs> and it was so crazy back then. You know, we did have people who knew Japanese, and we did have the guidebooks, and it's crazy to think that, for whatever reason, we just could not get accurate, well-translated information out there. And here we are, so many years later, finally diving back into these materials that have been there all along and we're just getting some accurate information out of them. Yeah, I mean, it was actually the original Death Entry were being released, like in the States, if I'm correct if I'm wrong. Yeah, we've um, gotten the first one, which is Complete Illustrations. Viz okay. actually knocked off the number one from it, so it's just Dragon Ball, and they have the kanji for Daisenshu underneath it. They call it Complete Illustrations. There's been no word on whether or not they'll do any additional ones. This one was easy, because it's just artwork, and there's an interview yeah. in the back, so... Yeah, it's a shame, really, because I actually have ten. Like, I got it, like... Again, this was at the uh, the local anime store. Like I just remember getting it on a whim, and mm -hmm. realized like, oh, the the rest of them are available. But now I was pretty happy because it was like, oh, like the world glossary, 
Yeah, and yeah. It was the fight technique glossary, and then it was the goods collection. So I'm looking at like all these like different video games that I'll never own. That's actually Daisenshu Seven. You know, just being the Dragon Ball nerd oh, I, I am, I have to. I, okay, no, that's okay because I can't remember <laughs> if that was ten or seven. Daisenshu Seven was actually one of the last ones I got. Remember, was that the one I got at AWA a couple years ago? And was that the one I can take credit for spotting fighting? across We're just walking the, through dealer's the dealer's room? room. Oh, <laughs> and nice. like, I recognize that gold spine. <laughs> oh my god, it's Daisenshu 7! Was it $10 art book collection? It was like one of those wonderful instances where the guy had no, no idea, idea what, what he, he had. had. Like how much did you get it for? It was $10, and you know that oh Daisenshu 7 gosh. goes easily $50 on eBay these days. <laughs> That's awesome. So it's like, we go to pay for this thing, act cool, act cool don't act, act cool, like you like something awesome. Like, don't, 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 don't shake, come on. <laughs> Pray he's stoned and you'll get it for five bucks. That's right. <laughs> oh, I should have haggled with him, man. I think now it's a fine opportunity to segue into Kai. In the first episode, just premiered, and... Um, Impressions. What did you think? I mean, having seen the series, probably. I mean, how many times would you say you've seen this the the anime all the way through? All the way through. I mean, that's tough to say because back in the day, we would watch specific portions of our fan subs over and over, and then getting you know, proper releases and DVDs. So, beginning to end, there are some episodes. Honestly, I've only seen once. There's some episodes that I have. I'm, I'm pretty sure I've missed. Like maybe there would be a block of like five or ten episodes that I've missed. Whereas other areas of the series, I've probably watched like ten to twenty times. So <laughs> Even though we own it all, it's sitting over here, <laughs> just never got around. Uneven. To it. Oh, do you, do you caving and going for the Funimation season box sets, or are you going off of the uh, Dragon Box? Oh, gods, no. Uh, the original Funimation 4x3s to just uh, fill out the series subtitled, and you know, we got our R2 releases going on as well, so. Nice. Hacking that against, like, the original, like, would you say it's, it's better? Um, if it, is it worthy of being called the official Akira Toriyama cut? Or, right. Or would you say it's anything but? For me, and you know, we, we just talked about it on our own podcast, and it was literally as the episode just ended, uh, airing in Japan, so it was immediate impressions. I've had a little more time, I've rewatched it once or twice, and I still feel like it is just this terribly rushed product that has all the elements that I like, but didn't give it any room to breathe, and I, I just, I don't know oh, how I'm feeling about it. Mary, how about you? Well, I'm all for making the series go faster. However, right, I'm worried that a yeah. lot of that, that, that dead space was in there for a reason, kind yeah. of to let emotions fester within the viewer. Um, I was partially distracted because I was sitting there with the manga to see how close <laughs> they were trying to make it. So honestly, my perception is kind of skewed because I was just, I was too studious about it. I was too busy trying to compare it to the original version of the anime. So and sitting, in panel four, this uh, is exactly, <laughs> I was, and that's exactly what I was doing. I was totally obnoxious. I was probably ruining it for everyone in the room. I was like, well, this panel on page 25 was actually like this. But hopefully next week I'll learn to chill out and actually enjoy it for what it is because I do want to enjoy it. I don't want to sit there week after week, you know, dissecting it. I mean, I know it's good for podcasting, you know, purposes, but I do want to enjoy it as a show. It is the backbone of podcasting to, to nitpick. Exactly. Me personally, I, I kind of thought it was nice that they put in the whole Bardock thing. So we're hinting at Frieza as like this big sort of ultimate villains. You know, I, I like that because the entire Saiyajin arc basically is a lead up to this going out into space, this giant galactic experience with Frieza and all over the universe. So a, as a new product, as Kai, to start out with that and hint that that's where it's going to be going. Sure, that's an interesting take on it. 
I don't know, you know, as myself who knows where it's going and wants that dramatic buildup, I don't know that I preferred it that way. And I'll be honest, part of it for me was uh, the delivery of lines by Masako Nozawa as Bardock there. In the original, she she speaks very, very slowly and very, very determined. And this was just another one of those rush things where I'm reciting the lines in Japanese as it's being <laughs> spoken. And, you know, Mary and everyone else that was here looking at me funny. And she's saying it too fast. We're getting, we're, oh, I need drama here. And it's. Well, if I'm remembering the TV special correctly, as he's talking, they kind of cut to some of the random soldiers' faces and stuff. Right, like, right. Really oh, yeah, that's right. Out. <laughs> and then, in, like you said in um, the first episode of Kai, she just kind of plows through it. And normally that wouldn't bother me, but I do happen to remember that scene being very, very dramatic. And, oh, it's you know, one of it's, my favorite It's the climax the of the series. TV special. So. But for the purposes of it being the intro to kind, just saying, okay, well, here's where Goku's from. Here's a little backstory. I guess I can see why they did what they did. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sort of used to like these really dramatic cold opens. So the fact that they were willing to do that kind of blew me away. Otherwise, there's now this whole big uh, debacle over like errors in that particular episode. I mean, have you heard about this? Uh, there's a few, I mean, the first one that I caught offhand, I don't know what kind of error you would consider it, but there's a shot where Bulma is saying something to someone and then it immediately cuts to her standing next to Kududin and it goes from her bent over to an impossible standing position in like a split second and that just threw me off completely. So you think it's just like sloppy editing stuff? Yeah, just sloppy editing. And then I heard there, and I haven't gone back to check it myself, but there was a place where someone was saying a line that was no longer spoken, but the lip flaps are still there. Really? Yeah. yeah. Oh, I didn't notice that. And then uh, the other big one, though. I mean, the obvious one was in the opening theme, uh, Dragon Soul. Yes, yeah, Paradise. Paradise. <laughs> Spell with a C. Oh, we totally had on our forum, like, within minutes of it airing, a Japanese person with a screenshot. And, like, really? Your own people are pointing this out to you guys. Come on. And then, of course, there's, like, the, the animation sheets and the, the brand new opening and ending themes. Uh, yeah, just the very, very awkward in between animation. I mean, which as Dragon Ball fans, we are very, very used to. Yeah. <laughs> but we get this nice, glossy new opening, and you figure the in between animation is going to look nice and pretty. And, you know, when you screenshot it, not so much. In motion, it looks alright. Of all course, right, yeah. yeah. You just, just don't blink, and I think you're fine. Uh, I don't <laughs> think I've seen any examples of this. Do oh, really? You, well, can we're you talking describe about something Maybe to I me? can pull a couple up on my form. Uh, I think every time Chaozu is shown, he's got different sized eyes. And, and this is just, in, the, in the opening thing? Yeah, in the opening. It's just very, very awkward Really? Looking. Wow, that's kind of funny. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my gosh. And you know what? They may go back and correct this. Yeah, like on the DVD or something. And that seems to be the attitude these days. It's just, if, if all else fails, we'll fix it on the DVD. And, oh, yeah, definitely. And they don't even seem to do that. But bearing this in mind, I mean, with all like the uh, cheat edits and all that stuff, do you still think that this could like endure? Kai as a whole? I don't think so. I think it's just going to exist for its run. Give them an excuse to pimp out some new merchandise. For example, there's a new DS game coming that when it was first announced was just called Dragon Ball Z Story. And after Kai was formally titled as such, they went back and branded it under the Kai title. So now it's Dragon Ball Kai Saiyajin Raishu. And so they're doing that with figures and with games and stuff. So I think it's a great uh, sudden opportunity to rebrand stuff and repromote Promote things. Are, are we going to be talking about it in 10 years? Probably not. I don't know. I disagree slightly. I think it's a good opportunity to introduce the franchise to a new, younger generation. Oh, yeah. I don't disagree and with cer- that. And certainly it gives me an excuse to rewatch the series because as much as I love Dragon Ball Z, I haven't sat down to watch all 
291 episodes in God knows how long. Right, so right. the fact that we could sit down week after week and bang this out in 100 uh, episodes or however long they're claiming this to be is very appealing to me. So um, I don't and I also think there's either. a good opportunity to maybe bring this overseas. I think there's that potential Ooh, as well. So that would be an interesting prospect. Although with Cartoon Network no longer, oh, I yeah, know. you know, having their you know anti-anime stance, or I wouldn't say that, more like they're trying to move it out of the picture. Yeah, the, I don't think it would happen unless it went to like syndication or something. Or Lord forbid, somebody step up and be like, "Hey, I'm going to do a brand new anime block or something like that." I mean, what if Nickelodeon got into the game? But then we could go on a whole tangent about that for an hour. That's another story. Oh, for time. I know. With what we need is the after school anime blocks for them to be airing this stuff again. But Mary, I, I do want to pull it back over to pulling it overseas. And this is something you brought up on our own show. It's Funimation and Kai. It's just not in their best interest right now. Not right now, but certainly in maybe a year or two. Again, you know, if they want to keep making the monies, I mean, certainly Dragon Ball's not going to stop being in people's heads. Have they even been able to release the series all the way through on here? Oh, yeah. We, we finally do have every single last episode of the 291 episodes of Z in some capacity. Okay. Uh, there's, there's a spurt of episodes in what they would call the second season that we never got four by three, but are on these, you know, faux remastered box sets. But they are all accounted for as of May. All one through 291 will be on these remastered box sets. Okay. So they're all there in some capacity. Yeah, because for whatever reason, I just kept thinking they were cutting off because it's like, okay, we had the originals. Then we had the first attempt at an uncut. Right, 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 right. It was like that whole like Robotech thing, like all over again. It's that Pierre Bernard sketch. Just, just watch that, folks. You'll get <laughs> the idea. Although I think it would, would be kind of interesting to see if they would even attempt it. But I mean, probably until like the box when the box sets are all over and done with. Right. They could probably try that's, it. That's what they need to do, because, Mary, your whole point was they'd be shooting themselves in the foot if they even acknowledged Kai's existence now yeah. with another set to come out still of what they did for a remastered version. Yeah, they probably wait a while before even acknowledging its existence. I remember catching your episodes about talking about the Dragon Boxes. Compared to say, like, the American releases, would you say that they're superior? Would you say that any Region 1 release has its own merits? Everything has its own merits for who you are as a fan. Going strictly by technology, there is zero comparison. Toei and Pony Canyon put great care into the Dragon Box Masters and the single DVD releases. They are accurate colors throughout. They are maxed out bitrate. The audio is fantastic for, you know, the time it's coming from. They put it out consistently beginning to end. And over here in America, well, we have it all subtitled, and finally we have the entire release. So, depending and we get on better extras, I think. Depends on what kind of fan you are. If you're a dub fan, they do have interviews with their actors, and even longer ago, I'm thinking their original release of Movie 8 had this behind the scenes with the Legacy of Goku games. So, there was some interesting stuff there, but just depending on what type of fan you are, there's something legal, there's something official, there's something out there for you. I mean, Spain is getting these new remastered sets. France is getting new remastered sets. Italy has had some great stuff. No matter where in the world you are, there's a great release for you. So I think that's fantastic. I almost wanted to get the GT. I think I remember if it was the GT set or if it was the movie box that had the Dragon Radar remote control. Oh, that was Dragon Box the movie. Oh no, the Radar. Oh, ah, now I can't remember. That might have been... The original Dragon Ball. Yeah, because I thought that was the movies or that was... Because I thought that was like one of the last things to come out. 
The movies came with the scouters, and that was the last dragon box that came out. Okay. Yeah, see, I I need to get a scouter. It would have been nice, like, if Evolution had done the whole sand arc instead of going for the whole King Piccolo deal, it would have been nice, like, for the iPhone if there was, like, a scouter app. Oh, absolutely. I have to imagine that going forward, they'll they'll got to do some type of marketing here. Yeah. I mean, we've seen nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Gosh, yeah, I'm I'm excited for Kaido. I mean, it's just the fact that it's like, okay, I'm going to be able to have, and I wouldn't say it's first run, but I mean, it's first run technically right. because with the new edits, but... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But the fact that we're getting a first run Dragon Ball series in your lifetime, I mean, or, or two... You know, Dragon Ball TV series in your lifetime, but or sorry, right, right. three if you want to do GT or four if you want to count AF. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, like you're saying, it gives us an excuse every week to sit down and watch something quote unquote new as it's occurring. And we for get the first to watch time. it the same way the Japanese audience is watching it, which is something that I don't think many people have had the chance to experience. Exactly. So we've kind of had this this nice shared global experience of watching it raw or not raw, um, depending on how you get it but it's very nice just being able to watch this like instantaneously and not having to rely on you know waiting years for like vhs tapes to come out and stuff getting my end of gt raw and missing the episode with super saiyan 4 gogeta on it being like oh i'm not gonna see this for like two years or like it cuts out or something like right at that really critical moment Oh, man, I have some episodes of the 23rd Tenkaichi Budokai, the end of Dragon yeah. Ball, where one particular episode is audio only on my VHS. What? <laughs> You're kidding me. <laughs> the video just, it just goes and it's gone and you have audio for 22 minutes. It's fantastic. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> and you know what? We were this. happy yeah. back then. We were so happy yeah. for that. Compared to now, where I admit, now we're going, all right, Funimation, you didn't remaster this the way you said. I want my perfect clarity. What are you doing? And that sounds so weird coming from a fan who liked not seeing his video <laughs> just a decade prior. It's very that strange. We took what we could get back then. That's right. We didn't complain. Evolution. Yeah. What is your take on it so far? I mean, given everything you've seen, given the fact that, you know, Kageyama Hironobu is not going to be doing a single for this. <laughs> right, right. Given the fact that, yeah, just, yeah, please say something, because I just don't want to think about it anymore. <laughs> I'm, I'm still in complete disbelief that this thing is even coming out. Yeah. Like, in a matter of days. It's like, really? This isn't just some April Fool's joke, and I'm going to, like, show up at the theater, and it's going to be, like, something else. I don't know. I honestly do not feel like it's made, even though Julian from our podcast is seen in. You know, there's been plenty of reviews online. Uh, the the junior novel is right here on our yeah, bookshelf. junior <laughs> novel right there. Mike's read it twice. I still refuse to believe it's real. And I don't know. I'm not terribly excited to see it, because to me, it's just not a Dragon Ball movie. It's just, you know, some lame-ass action movie that happens to have Dragon Ball with the name of the movie in it. So, like, Final <laughs> Fantasy, The Spirits Within all over again, minus the CG. You know what? That might actually be a very good comparison, because they're taking elements of what Dragon Ball was, and at least in this case, we're getting specific characters from it. I mean, I know every Final Fantasy is different, so other than pulling in a Sid, there's not much you can do there. But here, we have a Goku, we have a Bulma, we have Dragon Balls, we have a villain named Piccolo. Everything seems to be right, but there's just something and off. I think, Mary, what we talk about is that Dragon Ball charm is just not there. It's those characters saying certain things, but that's not Dragon the characters Ball. Characters isn't. It doesn't feel like them. Is probably 
what it's going to feel like. Yeah, I could see that. I know some of the Japanese responses that we've been keeping up with over on our site and forum have just been things like, oh, those silly Americans, look what they did with Dragon Ball this time. (laughs) And that just seems to be the general response to it. I guess the best way to go about seeing this thing is just to you know treat it as a silly good time try not to think too hard about it just enjoy it for what it is and it's too go easy. along for the ride it's just too easy to hate it and be angry and be pissy i mean we're past that point now we just we just want to spend our ten dollars and not want to slit our wrists afterwards we just want something watchable at this point and whether or not that's what this is going to be it's tough to say. I, I think it will be watchable. I mean, we also just saw The Legend of Chun Li, so I think coming off of that, anything's got to be better. Oh my goodness. Oh, oh don't, don't even get me started. Maybe it was good we did see Street Fighter first because coming off of that, I mean, everything's going to look golden in comparison. <laughs> Like a lot of people, they saw that. It's like, okay, okay, I'm going to the video store right now. Why? Because I want to see if that animated Street Fighter movie is available. And I'm going to watch it for three days <laughs> just to get that taste out. That's right. The, the thing I got to respect about this movie, though, it's part of the reason why I'm going to see it in the first place. James Marshall, I love him as an actor. And did you ever get to uh, hear his logic behind taking the role of Piccolo in the first place? Oh, I have. You know, he seems, of everyone, he seems to be the one who's genuinely... Into. He seems like he kind of gets it. Yeah, yeah. For the people at home, I'll say it for their benefit. When he was approached for it, he at first didn't want to do it, and he was like, forget it. Hollywood's going to screw this up. Yeah, whatever. I wash my hands with this. And then he took a step back and he realized if I don't do it, somebody else is going to do it, and they're going to ruin it. (laughs) I I sympathize with that statement so much. I really want to see what he's going to be capable of here. As long as the final struggle isn't a repeat of the Matrix Revolutions where it's just Agent Smith and Spinning around in the air. I think that's kind of what it is. (laughs) And, you know, I hate to break it to you. I don't know how much you know about the progression of the the movie's story and all, but, I mean, I've read the junior novel. Our buddy Julian over in Japan has seen it. It, Here we go. Piccolo's just not in the movie all that much. That sucks. (laughs) So where's the conflict? Then, I mean, um, I don't, I don't want too many details because I do want to kind of go into this surprise. But yeah, I have yeah, to imagine yeah. if if Piccolo's not the big deal, then like, what the hell else do they do for the rest of the movie? Like, collect the Dragon Balls, I guess. Yeah. Maybe it's like that one Godzilla movie where they're kind of expecting you to go on screen with a big crayon and draw on the villain at like the blank spots or something, <laughs> which would actually be kind of cool. <laughs> All I know is we're going to get at least a couple of Dawson's Creek moments. We're going to get at least one party fight. Um, That's right. Right. <laughs> I, I, I kind of wish it, it would have been nice if like, I mean, Yamcha is going to be in this, right? Or no? He is. And, you know, reading through that junior novel, I was actually getting a fantastic Yamcha vibe off of him until Julian came back after s- seeing the movie and said, well, he's kind of based off the dub Yamcha where he's got a lot of surfer talk stuff going on. I'm like, oh, you, you almost had it. You're so close. It sounds like there is something there, which... I'm happy about it. I'm not counting on him being marginally entertaining. It's like, I was the guy who wanted to go see Chun-Li, even though I knew it was going to be an utter train wreck. Uh, I'm just, with you. <laughs> I just need to know whether or not. It's like, just like so <laughs> that, that is so right. I just need to know. I need to see it first. <laughs> it's like, at this point, it's like, okay, I'm not going to see it. I'm not going to see it. Damn it. I'm at the theater. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> blogging about it. Oh, I own the t-shirt now. <laughs> <laughs> Blu-ray is ordered. 
Actually, I think I'm one of the few people that doesn't have a Blu-ray player yet. Oh, <laughs> that's all right. We don't even have the HD TV yet. We're getting there in like two weeks. Kind of going back here because I'm gonna I'm gonna zigzag here. I mean, at least if worse comes to worse, we're still gonna have Kai, and I think for the most part, that's the only reason Kai exists. It's not, you know, even taking yeah. it a step further than that. Something we always like to say, whether no matter what series it is, the treatment it gets, the bastardizations, the spinoffs, no matter where you go from here, the original is always going to be there. Your memories of that are always going to be there, and no one can take that away from you. Yes, and then I mean, now this is finally putting out the bigger volumes right you can catch up quickly now i was gonna go for it and someone's like don't do it why it's it's still edited what what no yeah (laughs) (laughs) i know we we just can't get the proper release they always take two steps forward and then one step back and we're just going ah again so close so close okay like loyal uh translation you know no edits but all the weapons have been replaced by (laughs) walkie-talkies exactly Alright guys, we're going to take a break for a second. When we get back, five drinkable movies that don't suck. So, better keep listening, or else Goku's going to kick your ass. Robo! R5 Central, Robo! Come celebrate your gaming independence July 3rd through 5th, 2009 in Dallas, Texas at SGC. Join the Screw Attack crew as we bring you three days jam-packed with video games, good times, and round-the-clock awesome. Don't miss special appearances by Rooster Teeth's AchievementHunter.com, Terminal Reality, you know the folks behind the new Ghostbusters game, Destructoid.com, Ray Jimenez, the producer of Super Street Fighter 2 Turbo HD Remix, and OC Remix will be spinning tunes exclusively throughout the weekend. More details and guests coming soon, so don't let the fun pass you by. Visit SGConvention.com for tickets and more information. And I think a lot of people don't like Ninja Scroll anymore. Really? Because there's like a new breed of anime fans now. Who knows what the hell they watch? <laughs> well, I think it's, they don't like it for the same reason they don't like Fits in the North Star. It's too raw and powerful for them to handle. And it's Lovely unnecessarily... Like <laughs> yeah, it's unnecessarily uh, objectifying of women. Well, whatever. I mean, that's how women are, aren't they? Full of gunpowder? Yes. <laughs> and snakes? Dude, that is so hot. <laughs> Full of snakes filled with gunpowder? I'm so waiting for the day that I, like, pick up some chick at a bar and I'm like, Hey, baby, what's up? And she's like, kaboom! <laughs> <laughs> oh, snap! I'm like, I think I just had sex. Was it good for you? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was amazing. Have a cigarette. Dave and Joel's Fast Karate for the Gentleman. The podcast for people who don't like anime. Or podcasts. Find us online at DaveAndJoel.com. A cosmic phenomenon known as the Aurora Mundane threatens to cause all life on Earth to literally die of boredom. Our only hope for salvation lies with the brave men and women of Otaku USA magazine, navigating through the sea of pop culture to bring you the best in anime, manga, cosplay, gaming, and much, much more. Do your part to stave off the Aurora Mundane. Buy a copy of Otaku USA magazine today www.otakuusamagazine.com Hi, this is Utada. Please check out my new single, Come Back to Me, and my new album, soon to be released also. You're listening to R5 Central. Hey guys, we're back from our break, and now we're going to have Mike talk about his review of Dragon Ball Evolution. <laughs> uh, no we're not. Mike? No. Mike? 
No. No, you are, Mike. You are. We're wasting time here, okay? No, we're not doing a review of Evolution. This isn't really a review. I told you we're not going to talk about this. I'm just going to... Mike! No! You're being immature, Mike. Come on. Says the person who's quick to take my plush and throw it out the window because her music was too loud. You know what? Her music was too loud, okay? <sighs> All right. You're, okay, fine. Fine, I'll go on about this movie, okay? The reason why I'm reluctant to talk about this, folks... It's because of the fact that this movie, it wasn't as bad as people were making it out to be. It boggles the mind because even though it's still a horrible movie, I was still entertained. This is the Japanese Spider-Man of Dragon Ball. There we go. This is this. I mean, because like for whatever reason, people are always infuriated by the Japanese Spider-Man, but you tend to enjoy it if they look past a couple of things. Somebody had mentioned this in a review that if they had just taken Dragon Ball out of the title, it would probably just been a really mediocre yet slightly entertaining martial arts film. The only real saving grace of this movie is the one that I was hoping it would be, and it was actually James Marsters playing Piccolo. He knocked it out of the frickin' park. <laughs> and I kind of wish that you'd come to see it because I'm sure you would have probably loved it. Maybe next time, Mike. Maybe next time. It could have been a lot better, but it wasn't as bad as people thought it was going to be. And and as long as James Marsters comes back for a sequel, and as long as Jamie Chung shows up again as Chi Chi, because she was like the second saving grace of this movie, complete with really tight spandex fight suits that are only there for like 10 seconds. Look, I'm a guy, okay? <laughs> this movie was horrible, and I needed something to help me get through it. Go see this in theaters while you can with a group of friends while slightly intoxicated, and I think you're going to get your money's worth. That there, that's that's it. That's all I'm going to say about this movie. With that said, let's dive back into this. I think now that we've kind of covered bases here, we can finally get into the moment I think a lot of people have been waiting for. Five Dragon Ball movies that don't suck. Absolutely. Oh, yes. I'll tell you what our process was for this, because we actually had a process. Mary Scary and I, but true. <laughs> both individually came up with our top fives. Well, I, I should say we discussed it first. We came up with five that we agreed should be on the list. Then after that, we individually ordered them, compared our lists, and then came to a mutual decision on what our top five would be. That's more organized than anything I would have come up with in five episodes. <laughs> this <laughs> is just it. how we roll. <laughs> And we all talk about the movies as far as, like, numbers go. I don't know about other fans, but I don't know what the movies' names are. I just called them, like, movie, like, movie 8, movie 12. <laughs> exactly. You know, there's actually another way people do it. It's either by the number or by the name of the villain. Oh, yeah, that's a good yeah. one, too. So you want us to just go through our five here? Yeah, go through your five and, and defend it, and we'll see what happens. All right, and you know what? I will even butcher the Japanese pronunciations of the titles as we go through here. So, Mary, let's start it off with what we decided our number five was, and that would be DBZ Movie 7, Kyokugen Batoru Sandai Super Saiyajin, or Extreme Battle for Three Great Super Saiyans. This would take place sometime during the Jinzo Nigen, the android, the artificial humans, whatever you want to call them, uh, before Cell, and Dr. Garrow's computer has apparently, through his hatred, created another three. 
which is, of course, triggered by the trickling blood through a crack in the floor. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> it's a great opening to the movie. Oh, yeah, the reanimation of a number 17 oh, so killing sexy. Dr. Garrow. So sexy. Blood and guts going everywhere. Mary, what do you love about this movie? The though? first 10 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the gang is at the mall. They're giving Trunks a hard time. They're waiting for, like, the bikini contest. And then Goku's uh, walking around the mall with Chi-Chi and Gohan, and they're holding all of Chi-Chi's boxes while she's going through the bargain bins and then they're at a restaurant at the mall together and then they get attacked by the it's the real life moments that are just so much fun so they can't go up for five minutes without the world exploding i know like we're (laughs) trying to shop guys seriously but there's also some great moments towards the end and i mean it's kind of a, a lame villain and every villain in every movie is a rehash of some type of earlier villain you know 13 absorbs these other two and becomes his own gatai form i mean cell did the same thing and we, we've seen this but there are just some great lines and some great deliveries mary your favorite character is trunks and i'm gonna paraphrase what he says here but he attacks 13 and he says something like you don't exist in the future because right here right now, Son Goku is going to defeat you. And it's just like that ultra shonen stuff that's just like, oh, God, that was so badass. And Vegeta has a good entrance in this movie, too. He has some good moments, too. Splits a mountain and his theme song comes in. It's wonderful. Everyone just shows up and ruins something and has a theme song. A whole lot of, like, single moments of badassery. Just uh, one other thing, randomly, that I liked about this movie was the locale of the fighting was... The most different out of anything that we've seen in all the other movies. I like the ice world. It's just very visually different. Very nice. Our number four on the list would be movie 13, Ryuken Bakuhatsu, Goku ga yaneneba dare ga yaru, or Dragon Fist Explosion, if Goku won't do it, who will? Question mark. Now, I had this as my number five, and Mary had it up for her number three, so we kind of compromised. What do you what do you like about this one, Mary? I like this one because I'm, I'm biased. It was the first Dragon Ball Z thing that I've seen fan subbed, and it blew my mind <laughs> because prior to that, I've only I'd only seen the dub, so it was my first introduction to the Japanese version of the series. But also, I feel like it's one of the few DBZ movies that has a really different storyline to it. It's not just the fighting. There's this very interesting lore to it with this uh, alien from another planet. He's got this beast that he has half contained in- inside of him. And, you know, the bonding between him and Chibi Trunks was yeah, I mean, very th- moving. There's a new villain. There's a new villain, but he's almost not even the focus of the story. Right. It's, it's all about Tapion. Yeah. Now, it's- a very different feel from all the other movies. It's I, different I pacing, completely. different structure. It's not necessarily, oh, you know, it's a rehash villain. While I agree with everything you said, I, I don't know. There's just something about this movie that doesn't quite click with me. I appreciate and love all of those elements, but I think it's just the anticlimactic fights at the end where randomly, all right, Super Saiyan 3 Gotenks couldn't do Jack, so Goku's gonna just win. They're like, oh crap, we're 50 minutes and the villain isn't dead yet. What do we do? Oh, yeah, I learned this off screen the other day, guys. <laughs> hey, how about I show you? <laughs> I mean, like yeah, that. the ending's lame, but I feel like the rest of it more than makes up for it. Yeah. It, it is pretty strong on its own. Definitely. But for me personally, that would rank a little higher, but. I would too. <laughs> <laughs> but Mike made me compromise. <laughs> Our number three, ironically enough, is DBZ Movie 3, Chikyu Marugoto Chokesen, or the wonderfully generic title, Super Deciding Battle for the Entire Planet Earth. Yes, because that could appropriately title every Dragon Ball movie. It's more commonly known here as just Tree of Might. Right. Well, what I like about this movie is, 
other characters get a chance to do something. And not only that, but they get to show off their signature attacks again. We hadn't seen the Sokidan since the 23rd Tenkaichi Budokai. Uh, Kududin gets to use his Kianzan again. Uh, Tenshinan uses the Taioken. It's just these little one-off moments of characters doing stuff. And Yamcha's ship explodes, and that's wonderful as well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's just these cute little moments where the characters get to do... And sure, and the camping. we get high a dragon out of it so that kind of sucks yes. but they got rid of him <laughs> yes the camping it begins and ends with camping i mean it can't get any better than that and yeah whatever happened to, to the high dragon i mean he is in movies three four and five and the garlic and jr. he's in the garlic jr little mini filler arc and then they kind of forget about him which is i think for the best just kind of oh wow so like sort of descends up the staircase never seen again. <laughs> exactly is, it would have been nice if he showed up again at least <laughs> the uh the new kai game coming out on ds the latest commercial has something like a high dragon summon where he blows a kiss towards the screen and does something so how well would you say you follow like american comics because he kind of reminds me of of Lockheed oh, hell yeah. Mary much more so than me. She's yeah, an X-Men girl. Yeah, I'm Price, my favorite character in comics. <laughs> yeah, nice. Because <laughs> so I guess for hours, I'm like, wait a minute. Lockheed, what are you doing here? <laughs> Lockheed, you put on a couple pounds. Damn. You're going to let yourself go. Oh, gosh. Oh, yeah, Lockheed post I have no idea what we're talking about right now. They're purple dragons. That's all you need to know. Before we get into number two, I actually want to give a little history on this movie because when uh, DBZ was originally airing in syndication here in America, towards the middle of what they called season two, randomly out of nowhere for no reason, they actually broke up DBZ movie three into like this three part special where it was a regular episode and then the first part of movie three. And we had no idea why everyone was alive again, what was going on. And why it suddenly looked well in <laughs> a lot better than the previous episode and then the next week because this is when they were doing an hour block uh for season two they played the rest of the movie and people were kind of going um was that a special why didn't they tell us so for a lot of fans that was their introduction to the movies at all was the syndication airing of it Oh, Saban, you wonderful, wonderful person. <laughs> I say that while gritting my teeth. Uh, I hear you. I hear you. <laughs> Mary, uh, what about Talos as a villain himself? I love him because he's so generically lame, but he's like a <laughs> sexy, evil version of Goku, so I, I yes. accept his presence. <laughs> I, I am so with you because Masako Nozawa, obviously, if it looks like Goku, she's going to play him, but plays him. Uh, Goku is basically a hick, so everything is spoken incorrectly and wonderfully totally hickish and talus is played properly and with this deep little snide delivery and i've said this over and over but there's one moment where she just goes oi oi and just like oh that is so evil and so wonderful yeah that was awesome (laughs) (laughs) so i mean talus just being there is a-okay in my book all right so that's movie three we'll move on to our number two we actually agreed with this one as well and that would be dbz movie one really Mary, I think you and I are all about complete with musical number. The art style, yeah, in especially this movie. because of the musical number. <laughs> <laughs> the musical number. <laughs> Tell me about the art, though, Mary, because I think we're fans of pre Frieza art direction change. It still retains that uh, roundness that was kind of tailing at the end of Dragon Ball and going into the beginning of Z. It's not quite this angular butchness that we later see going on in the Frieza era. So it's still kind of a little bit looking like Dragon Ball. Goku still looks really young. You know, he's this young father. Everyone is, uh, even Gohan, he's still, you know, baby self, you know, four years old or so. Right. It's a nice little 
pre-Raditz stuff going on. It's kind of like a little side story before all the shit goes down. And, you know, we actually get some side story with Kami here, which is interesting. Mary, as we've been going through the manga, I think you and I both agree that we hate him as a character now. Which I never discovered until <laughs> we I started never rereading the manga. <laughs> until we read the manga <laughs> beginning to end, or at least where we're up to um, doing our review in the podcast. Like, you know what? This character really sucks. He's, he's a dick. <laughs> he's, he's a pretty terrible god. He always wants to quit. Yeah, he's so quick to just throw in the towel. He's like, hey, Goku, you want to be God? Um, no. <laughs> <laughs> so, but he, he gets a moment where we get a little bit of back history on, you know, what was going on before anything in the Dragon Ball storyline. And that's pretty interesting. I think it was nice that they yeah. brought that in. I thought the um, the villains were pretty interesting as far as their character designs were concerned. And their oh, little mini transformation. I know. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> and I think the, the fighting choreography in this one was Absolutely. the most solid. I mean, even though there's movie after movie, the fighting the fighting in the movies are, you know, all right. But I feel like in the first one, the hand-to-hand combat stuff was just really, really it, nice It's looking. Goku versus Nikki and Ginger. And he's just dodging up and above the and there's that wonderful scene where he tilts his head to the side and his hair gets cut off yet in the next scene his hair is totally back to normal but it's just those wonderful well, moments yeah, that's one of those techniques you pick up <laughs> after a while it's like you know fist in the north star the ability to to, to like reconstitute your jacket exactly exactly goku's hair is totally back to normal no problem <laughs> but yeah the choreography in that movie was really nice and it also had a wonderful musical score one of the pieces used towards the end where garlic uh, is ultimately defeated uh, that background music was reused for Goku's first Super Saiyan transformation sequence. It's just very, very iconic music. Uh, for a lot of the movies, uh, I mean, every movie had its own new score composed by Shunsuke Kikuchi, but a lot of the better pieces were then later reused in the TV series, and a lot of movies, one's music was just so good, it was constantly reused in the series, so I think that helps a lot, too. And plus, Gohan's song was a huge highlight of the movie as well. Yes. <laughs> we can't drunken ignore the babies. drunken ramblings. The one thing I liked about this movie, and I wish they could have done in the series. Chi-Chi actually got to fight for like 10 seconds. <laughs> Definitely. Because <laughs> all of a sudden it's like, well, when, when the heck did she learn how to do that? Oh, never mind. It's, she's on the floor. <laughs> she's down. That's right. <laughs> One of these days, I would just like to see her like back in a game or something like that. Oh, I mean, oh, oh. Not Super like- Dragon Ball Z, which was originally an arcade game, is also a PS2 game. Her 23rd Tenki Shibudokai uh, character design is in there. She is wonderful. Ignore what you read online. It is the best game that came out on the PS2 generation. I flip back and forth between that and Budokai 3, but I think I'm back to preferring Super DBZ. Our number one, and we were actually talking about it earlier, is DBZ Movie 9. Ginga Giri Giri, Buchi Giri no Sugoi Yatsu. I love the ending. Sugoi Yatsu. It could not be any more generic. The galaxy at Brink, the super incredible guy. This movie, I am all about Goku not being there and my boy Gohan going Super Saiyan 2 with this amazing violin piece in the background tugs at my heart. I just love him walking so slowly towards the bad guy, and then he just sticks out his arm and he does, like, so much <laughs> cool shit. Yes! Punch right in half, and God, I love that movie so much. I mean, there's other great stuff in there, too. We were talking about Movie 7 with the interesting locales. Movie 9 does that, too, with Bojack's Multiple and Multiple interesting co- just locales. Like these... The lava place and the... Crazy bouncing crazy things. Crazy 
It's wonderful. And we actually get a tournament with actual regular fighters, even though, you know, our boys come in and kind of take control over the fight. But to see Doskoy, the, the sumo guy, and some of the other people, and there's the, the great scenes where Kudadin's just like flying all over the place and knocking a whole bunch of people. And Yamcha's just sleeping up on top or taking a break. And he gets knocked in the water and he's out. I'm all about tension on versus trunks. That was, that was hot. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's gotta be like the second best fight. Oh, absolutely. Movie, and it starts really. off with. It and you're like, is, how can this get any better? Then all of a sudden, fight in lava with hot yes. alien. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, Mayumi Tanaka, who plays Kudanin, she has a, such a great delivery when uh, he first sees Zanga. He goes like, Kawaii! <laughs> <laughs> It's like the Japanese equivalent. Whenever I hear that part, I think, like, if this oh was... Oh my god, she's so hot! It just sounds like, hubba yeah. hubba. <laughs> I think that has to rival the karaoke scene in the first one. Oh, yeah. <laughs> We're not big on that movie, but it does have some wonderful moments. Speaking of that scene, like, he pauses his singing, looks to see what's going on. And then just keeps singing. And just keeps singing. <laughs> I think that probably would have been number six on our list. As much as, I mean, I personally dislike Broly, but that movie was another one of those interesting plot movies. It was longer than the other ones, too, if I remember yeah, correctly. Yeah, 13 or so some that was, longer ones. That was probably my runner-up, if I had to give a number six. Fair enough. For me, Broly was kind of ruined with... I mean, two was okay. The second one was forgivable. <laughs> the third movie was no, just... No, movies four and 11, that would be Slug and the Bio Broly. Those are just the pits for the vast majority of fans. I don't want to remember Slug. <laughs> <laughs> It's, it's like, I'm waiting. Is this even a movie? Is this a special? Is this a, one of those promo things they're going to put on, like, the TV kids magazine or something oh, like that? Oh, I know, or, I know. I, I barely remember that one, but I just remember I hate I it. I watched, you know, the Dragon Ball movies a lot. I've only seen that one, like, once or twice. <laughs> that one's the exception to the rule. I remember there was, like, some angel-looking guy, and, um, and I think someone gets hit into a, a building, and... I don't remember anything else. <laughs> movie four, movie four, good time. Not uh, so good times. No, no. Going back, I guess would you say are there any points in the series that rival that blue point? Gar- Garlic Jr., which we, I, I want to say recently, but I can't remember when, we, Mary and I sat down and watched that arc again, the eight or nine episodes it was. And dude, I was falling asleep. It was so terrible. I just could but not take it. As far as, you know, canonical stuff is concerned, a lot of the stuff in the Frieza arc really bothers me. <laughs> right. You know, we just did what this would call DBZ Volume 10 in their manga for our manga review on the show. And we're reading it. Our, I think our word was mess. It was just all over the place. The pacing was terrible. There was too much going on. Toriyama couldn't decide what the hell was going on. Just some of that, if it could just be rewritten and streamlined a little better. I don't know that Kai is going to fix that. I think it's just the underlying material just needed a little help there. It'd be nice if they could address a couple of the problems, but it's is Toriyama involved in, in Kai at all, or is he just sort of we like don't, consultant? We don't know or? what he's doing, and we never seem to know until he comes out and gives us this like one line little thing where we can say, "All right, maybe he means this." So he's sort of like the Pope, almost. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> he's not really doing much with Kai. It's all Toei themselves. The one thing I could say then to wrap it up, is there anything that, like, in the, the coming years, would you like to see Dragon Ball do? Kira Toriyama just showed up on Kintone and just was like, hey, <laughs> you have power over this for, like, a year. Uh-huh. What would you do? More jump anime specials. <laughs> Make it, like, a seasonal thing, like, every quarter. Give me a new special. I know, seriously, Lupin always gets something. There's always new Detective Conan things. Seriously, guys, can we can we get something once every ten years, please? I was kind of expecting that, but... <laughs> <laughs>
Well, that was a festive episode, if ever there was one. I think every episode is festive. You did not just pull that. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Look, I know it's late, and I, I, I know that you know this hasn't really been the, the easiest of episodes for the both of us, but god, I, I'm, I'm supposed to be the cheesy one here. Just a lapse of character, okay? Yeah, okay, lapse a lapse of character. of character. That's a first. Thanks, guys, for listening to this one. I want to thank Mike and Mary for also stopping by. You can hear episodes of Daisenshu EX, the podcast, over at daisenshuex.com. Or, if you can't remember that, head on over to our show notes at r5central.wordpress.com and check it out. A lot of people have been forgetting that we actually have show notes, but <laughs> people have been asking me about the songs, and I'm like, just go to the site. I tell you at the end of every episode. I'm seeking a wish. If you want to drop us a line, send an email, uh, questions, comments, feedback, even fan art now, because we're getting more of that again. Yes. Uh, drop us a line at r5central at gmail.com. You can also leave a message on the comments section of this episode over at r5central.wordpress.com. If you want to find out what I'm up to between episodes, including production updates and random musings, head on over to twitter.com slash r5central. And we're also on Facebook and MySpace. Just run a search for both. You can't miss us. So from all of us here at R5, this is Mike. This is Selene. Saying goodbye, so long, adieu, and all that jazz. Okay, Kamehameha on the count of three. One, <laughs> two, three. Kamehameha. God, we sound incredibly tacky. <laughs> <laughs>